0: Well, he's into Jennifer Jennifer Lawrence's ass in those pants. I mean, let's let's be real. That's the highlight of this movie. Now the making of a good compilation tape is a very subtle art, many do's and don'ts. First of all, you're using someone else's poetry to express how you feel. This is a delicate thing.
1: Well, um, are you gonna talk to me or shall I get my paper
2: out? No, no I'm gonna talk to you. Right.
1: What are you going to talk to me about? Um, you got to kick it off with a killer to grab attention. I'm going to talk to you about whether or not you want to get married to me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm serious. Hi, welcome to an episode of The Grand (laughs) Gesture. I am your coastal elite Dave, and I'm joined by the country bumpkin Mike, and we're about to apply everything we've learned from movies... To our love lives. And to do that this week for an episode on Silver Linings Playbook, we have a guest. We have Known from the Joy Sandwich podcast. So thanks for joining us, Known. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, before we kind of get into things here, you want to tell people about your podcast, maybe where they can listen to it?
1: Um, I feel like I do this so much and um, I'm getting exhausted by it, but I will do Way it Way to sell it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joy Sandwich is a show about embracing joy. You can find it at JoySandwich.com. And uh, our most recent episode was on the joy of space. Uh, We had our friend Aubrey on. She works at the Adler Planetarium, and we talked about gravitational waves and science nerdy stuff it was it was a lot of fun so we just talk about fun joyful things with uh people who are passionate about stuff and more importantly both mike and i have been on that show as guests so
0: people should just go check it out just for that right yes right okay good one,
2: one of <laughs> yes, those things my, is important me being on <laughs> yes, there is and important
1: my, and my, yeah that is that is, both of those things are important <laughs> And and Mike has also been um, a bonus guest for our Patreon episodes, and we actually have another bonus Mike episode
2: coming up soon.
1: So those poor patrons, get on that train. <laughs> I know, seriously.
2: It's actually you know he chooses to include me on the the Patreon episodes because they're so um, no one will listen. He keeps me from the public. Yes, it, it's an elite yeah. crowd that here's I'm playing this, to. there. There's for thirty people. <laughs> only only you get to hear this. Yes. <laughs> All right, I like this. This is kind of like the grand gesture. We're we're playing to a very elite audience That's of right. like 5 as of this recording. So <laughs> That's right. The cool kids table.
0: Yes, absolutely. All right, so we're going to get into Silver Linings Playbook now. So Silver Linings Playbook is one of the few romantic comedies ever to be nominated for numerous Oscars. Although the movie is couched in heavy subject matter like mental health, physical assault, and bereavement, it is at its heart a romantic comedy. In fact, I think it's actually a more enjoyable watch if, as a new viewer, you're just told it's a romantic comedy as opposed to maybe the best movie of the year. But as far as the meet-cute, our couple in Silver Linings Playbook are both kind of seen as damaged, both struggling with mental health issues. Pat, played by Bradley Cooper, has just been removed from a psychiatric hospital in Baltimore by his mother against medical advice. And Tiffany, portrayed by Jennifer Lawrence in an Oscar-winning performance, is recovering from the death of her husband as well as the rumors about her by just about everyone in town. They meet at a dinner hosted by another couple, Tiffany's sister and Pat's best friend. In this awkward meeting, they trade psychiatric medication stories, there's an offer of sex, and it all ends in tears before Pat goes home.
2: What meds are you on?
1: Me? None. I used to be on lithium and Seroquel and Abilify, but I don't take them anymore, no. They make me foggy and they also make me bloated. Yeah, I was on Xanax and Effexor, but I agree it
2: wasn't as sharp, so I stopped.
1: You ever take clonopin?
2: Klonopin,
1: yeah. Right? Jesus. Like, is it what? Yeah. Well, what day is it? <laughs> How
2: about
1: Trazodone? Trazodone. <laughs> oh, it flattens you out. I mean, you are done. It takes the light right out of your eyes.
0: So, no. let's start with you. Is, it, is the introduction of these characters endearing, and were you rooting for them from the start?
1: Uh, I would say it is endearing. You just said, Dave, like, think of it it's best to maybe just think of it straight as a romantic comedy, but I can't remove the sort of mental health aspects of it. Like that's Mm -hmm. like, that's my worldview. That's my, that's the lens that I look the world at. And, um, so I, I was sort of enamored by a little bit enamored by the way that those two kind of related to one another Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, and that's like one as, as a therapist, you know, this Dave very well, like, that's one of the most powerful things in therapy, and that's why group therapy works very well, is, like, relating to someone. Like, so they have that moment where they're talking about, like, the medications. I appreciated that. I liked that. And I, I, think, it, I think it works pretty well. And that whole sequence a- around
2: that dinner table felt real to me.
0: Okay, what about you, Mike? What do you think?
2: Well, I've, I've really got to play the heel. Here, or I guess the country bumpkin, because I will say that these crazy liberals. (laughs) When when it comes to uh, mental health, the the positive is that it's probably discussed more than uh, I'm guessing any time in our history. Um, Mm -hmm. The unfortunate side of that, though, also is if you yourself have not had any sort of issues with it, or maybe someone that you know closely has had it, that you kind of are aware of it and sympathetic to a point, but you also want to stop hearing about it. So I want to I want to counter, uh, Dave, when you were saying wow. the the Oscar nominations Monster. would do it. I would I would say that if they had marketed this as two people with mental health issues, I would have not been interested because I'd been like that is possibly too cute, possibly right. slightly offensive. Uh, I don't know about that particular high concept, high wire act they're going for. I didn't really know anything about this other than there was some sort of dance competition in it. Yep. So that was smart marketing on mm-hmm. the Weinstein company part. And you're real into dance. So you're like, I'm I'm Well,
0: in. he's into Jennifer Jennifer Lawrence's ass in those pants. I mean, let's let's be real. That's the <laughs> highlight you, of this sir? movie.
2: <laughs> How dare you? Um that is probably something that I've held against this movie. Uh, if you want to get back to the Oscars is because I was a huge and still am a Jessica Chastain fan. And she was the front runner for yep. Zero Dark Thirty that year. And I remember sort of belittling the Jennifer Lawrence performance like, oh, she won for Dancing in Yoga Pants. And Jessica Chastain played a character who kills Osama bin Laden and leads a team of manhunters across is the world. that all? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. But let me say this. Uh, I think you're – Right on, as far as marking this as romantic comedy, when I first saw this, um, and I still think it's it's one of my favorite films of 2012, I came out of it really enjoying it. How they introduced the characters, not so much because upon rewatch, I'd forgotten how long it takes before we get into Jennifer Lawrence. And I think it's important at that point when they do introduce her because you are desperate for some affection. Uh, to be thrown Pat's way. Right. And I think you're also desperate to feel affection for him because he's so standoffish and he has so many close family members around him wanting to draw him in, whether it's his father trying to draw him into the game of football, uh, his mother, uh, played by Jackie Weaver, who is just great here. Is That's so part of endearing, the movie. Just, Easily the best She just of so movie. desperately wants not just him to be better, she just wants him to be happy. Right. And so when Jeffrey Lawrence comes in, I think you feel like the other characters, you're like, oh God, this please let this work. And mm-hmm. I think you really are rooting more so than most romantic comedies. I think you're really rooting for these characters, even before you know too much about mm-hmm. Tiffany. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but it works for me.
0: I think I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I think it works, but I think it's so, there's so many quick changes between these characters that it's hard for me to get drawn into their story. Cause they first meet and you're like, as, as Mike, you said, you're like, you really want something finally good to happen to Pat at this point. Cause you don't really know his whole story at this point, but you know, like, Something really went wrong and not just because of whatever mental health diagnosis he's got. Like something went wrong in his life. Like he lost his wife. It's a terrible, terrible thing. Heartbroken. Yeah. I mean, anyone can. I mean, yeah, yeah. Take away mental health and just everyone has had their heart broken and have someone they love left. So you're really rooting for him. And when they first meet, it's their discussion of psychiatric meds is kind of endearing, even though they can't pronounce trazodone. They say trazodone over and over and over again, which like bothers me as someone who actually is a part of this field. You think you could do the little amount of research it would take to didn't pronounce the it. word right? Didn't bother me at of all. Of course you stage. didn't because you don't Leave know alone. Because you're a bumpkin. You don't know anything about this I was stuff. gonna say even if
2: I knew the correct uh, pronunciation. Well I'm also right coastal
1: anyway. elite. I'm also coastal elite and, yeah, and I right I don't know because I have not taken that drug. Yeah well it's so. a great Jones drug. Puts an, you right man.
0: to sleep. Um, the people <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think that everything goes so wrong so quickly that it it became a little bit hard for me to continue to root for them as there's so many starts and stops to this relationship. This was one of the challenges about talking about this movie in our structure is like there's a lot of meet-cutes and a lot of breakups because they never really get together really until the, the end of the film. It's not your standard romantic comedy that way. But I did find myself in that first scene wanting them to work even though I knew probably at least at that point, it's probably not good for either
2: one of them. Mm -hmm. You you find there's a lot of starts and stops. I mean, I agree with you, but do you feel like Pat probably doesn't recognize? No, he has no idea. No,
0: no, he has no clue. I think until he figures out the thing with the letter. And until then, it's just like this girl who keeps running, running next to me. And I don't, i don't understand what's happening but maybe i can use her i find that totally charming and maybe i could use that. her to get a letter to my to my wife who hates me <laughs> like jeez, Pat. yeah that part so. not
2: so much why do you have to ruin it Dave? yeah
0: well that's what i'm here for mike
2: no and i don't know if you can tell but uh, dave was not entirely enthused to be discussing this no film. i wasn't be more blissfully ignorant of <laughs> the world <around laughs> if well, there wait. is a
1: certain um charm in that and and It does make sense for his character. Like you guys were talking about like the starts and stops and him being sort of ignorant of certain things going on and it taking some time to get even get to Tiffany, Jennifer Lawrence's character. I think that works as a storytelling method because you're getting a sense of the mental state of this person. And then when he, you know, he's he's clearly struggling. And when he finally meets Jennifer Lawrence's character you you root for him you want that so I think that's an
2: effective sort of storytelling tool I was hoping for a little bit more from Dave there like it's like you're really having to drag out um that enthusiasm <laughs> and I I, I, <laughs> I find it strange because Dave you, you seem very much uh, like the, the pat character here like it's I think it's an interesting romantic comedy because if only one... I
0: look that good Mike if only I looked that good trash and, bag yeah. and all
2: this is not a yeah, uh, video podcast. That trash bag, Dave. You uh, you let listeners imagine you in that trash bag as you <laughs> <laughs> over, over Skype. No, what I find interesting about it is, it's such an effective romantic comedy where you have one half not wanting to be a participant, which is usually uh, the man pursuing, and it mm-hmm. can be slightly creepish. I mean, the, the title of our podcast is kind of like you know, grand romantic gestures are um, not in anymore. They're kind of creepy right now. Mm-hmm. If this was back in the '80s, it would been perfectly fine. I I like that it, the shoes on the other foot that you have Bradley Cooper who is someone that is so committed to this failed marriage that he doesn't even realize he's in a romantic comedy for <laughs> most of the movie, and that I I think it works. It would have been you know it's very as I said there's a lot of different ways this film could have really fallen apart. Uh, they could have pushed the mental health angle, and I was watching an interview with David O. Russell, who I'm not the biggest fan of where he said that basically Bradley Cooper would give them three, four, five versions of each take. And they would be different versions of Pat as far as more aggressive, Mm. sometimes just a a little lighter. Like he he was giving them a range here. There's easily a cut of this movie where Pat is just totally unlikable. And you would probably not go with him on that quest. You would say, I don't want to see him even get to the dance competition because I don't think this is good for this man's health. Yeah, and that's a delicate balance in this film that you actually want to and you are convinced that Tiffany is good for him and his family is good for him. I mean, you know, his, Pat Senior, we've not talked about yet. You know, Robert De, or Robert De Niro's character <laughs> is someone that uh, has his own issues going on. And yeah, it's a little weird, bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that you feel comfortable with Pat being in a pretty high stress environment with his own family who clearly have not accepted the the mental health issues that have been going on probably for decades.
0: Yeah, and I think it's interesting because it kind of talks about these socially acceptable signs of mental illness. Like, you've definitely got some OCD tendencies with his father, but when you put that in the world of sports and 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 that really is, is seen like almost as normal. Like, I know plenty of people... Uh, who watch sports, you know, they have their, their lucky chair, and their lucky jersey, and that scene is totally normal. And this goes a little beyond that, of course, but it's it's interesting, like, given everything that Pat's going through, and he's learning to, to recognize these things in his father, and that's starting to cause problems between them.
1: There's something about that, going off to this, wherever, What what was he in? Mental institution, or whatever. Yeah. Therapy. Anyways, he was there, he's, he's, Trying to come to terms with his struggles and he's learning. He's learning some things. And when you come out of that, and I have personal experience with that, you tend to want to share it widely and eagerly and passionately, even if you don't like truly understand it, even if you don't like uh, truly entirely grasp the concept yet. And that will invariably cause conflict because you're you're so sort of deeply tied to like i gotta get better i gotta get better and you could tell like pat's character he's like so like i gotta get better i gotta get better and there's something about that that's inspiring but also a little heartbreaking
2: because it doesn't
1: exactly work that way
2: and he also sees himself i mean dave you mentioned uh, there's a moment where he's going to the football game and there's a conversation about the fact that pat senior has has been banned from going yeah. to the eagles stadium and I, I can't remember exactly what the line is, but it, it comes he comes to the conclusion. I mean he just states, uh, you know, we're not so different, are we, Dad? Right. You know, that that I mean he's aware of it. Uh but I think to what Noan is saying, you know, it's dangerous because he may be aware and can see those other issues in people. He doesn't seem to have faith in them like he does in himself. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's probably one of the biggest flaws of Pat. And he, he redeems himself at the end, but you know, he doesn't necessarily believe in Tiffany. You know, he does see her as you said Dave as damaged Mm -hmm. and it's something he's only doing for himself for selfish reasons. And he sees his dad, you know, he sees those little lucky charms as ridiculous, but he doesn't see throwing a book out a window uh, in the middle of the night and screaming or wearing a trash bag through town and approaching a former uh, professional peer as something that is a social faux pas. Uh, So he's very judgmental of everyone else, but he expects others to be very open to his, his whims. And yet again, that goes back to the delicate balance of the film because you still I still root for him and they still very he's a very flawed character.
0: Yeah, definitely. And there are a lot of moments, especially with Tiffany, which is kind of what we'll move into in the breakup. It's how weirdly judgmental he is, where it's like kind of like, well, you're really crazy. I'm I'm an okay kind of crazy and I'm going to make it, but something's wrong with you. And so given the emotional instability of both members of our couple, there's really no shortage of arguments to choose from. But as Tiffany attempts to get closer to Pat on his runs, he explodes at her, wounding her with words. But they end up getting past this and have, I guess, kind of a date at a local diner on Halloween. And just when everyone is having a good time over raisin bran and tea like you do and sharing sordid details of their sexual past Pat's tendency to say exactly what he is thinking and focus on his failed relationship rears its ugly head
2: it's fine relax
1: what do you mean how am I What's that happen? sort of like me sort of like you I hope to god she didn't tell Nikki that why because it it's just not right lumping you and I together it's I mean, it's just wrong and Nikki wouldn't like that. Especially after all the shit you just told me.
0: You think that I'm crazier than you.
1: Well, we're different, I mean.
0: Oh my God. Oh, you're killing me. You know what?
1: Forget I offered to help you.
0: Forget the entire fucking idea because that must have been fucking crazy because I am so much crazier
1: than you. Keep your voice down.
0: I'm just the crazy slut with a dead husband. (laughs) Forget it.
1: Shut the fuck up.
0: So regardless of how long this breakup lasts, because I think it's a good five minutes uh, of movie time, um, (laughs) it is nothing if not dramatic. So does this breakup seem valid? And are you Team Pat or Team Tiffany? Let's start with you, Noam. I'm neither.
1: I'm I'm empathetic to <laughs> uh,
0: bullshit. No, you have to choose. Hey, <laughs> so you, you gotta
1: expect to... that from Joy Sandwich. You gotta expect uh, from everyone here. is
0: good. Uh no. Everyone make
1: a is good. It has a
2: silver <laughs> lining, Dave. God damn uh, it. No, no, and we bring on guests to be the tiebreaker, so me and Dave <laughs> can be disagreeable. Yes. Well,
1: let me just make my quick point. Uh, <laughs> I would say I'm on neither side because I think I'm very empathetic to both reactions there. Like, I think Pat is in this, again, I I think like it makes sense from a mental state of mind that he would be so singularly focused on trying to win his wife back. Uh, Clearly, we know that that that, that would never happen. But like, I've seen that in my own family, uh, that type of um, behavior uh, before. And it makes sense. So I have some sympathy with him there, and then and then her reaction is understandably frustrated. Like I, I get it. Like um, so, I'm on both sides. Take that, you fuckers! Jesus,
0: you would be. What about you, Mike? <laughs> are you are you team Pat or team Tiffany? Team Pat, team Pat,
2: all the way. Oh, good. We can argue about this. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> so tell me why, me, you, why you're well. Team let me Pat. explain.
2: why. Um, I, I think it's probably. You know, it, it's the the opposite of the the meat cute. This dynamic they share, like because they they have this dinner where they don't really eat dinner, and they're they're chaperoned by Tiffany's sister. The poor Julia Stiles, relegated. This is probably <laughs> a part that she would have once played, and now she's just a yep. uh, nagging sister. Um, she's pretty honest with him. Like she, and he even he points that out. This particular, I guess, the the breakup scene that you've chosen, the the cereal and the, the tea. She plays uh, no longer a real person to him, not herself. She plays up this fantasy version Mm -hmm. of herself, this person that she no longer is for Pat. And I don't know if it's a way of flirtation or if it's just something that she's enjoying seeing that side of him where he is engaged with her. But he's not actually engaged with her. He's engaged with a previous version of her and probably not even the actual version of her. This just really sort of titillating version that she's like making up kind of on the spot. I think that's probably the one moment where I can fault her because she's pretty much brutally honest throughout the rest of him and direct with him. Mm-hmm. And this is one moment where she kind of toys with him in a way. And if if you know anything about Pat at this point, you probably can't. You can't do that because he's, you know, he's he is gonna be led astray. And to his fault. He does enjoy it. There's something about that that he enjoys, but then he has to, he has to ruin the moment by basically stating, drawing a line in the sand, that saying like, "Well, my wife is nothing like that." Like I've sort of had that moment where I walked on the wild side. And this is strange. A movie with you know close dance sequences, which could be seen as erotic. This is probably the most erotic moment in the film. Mm-hmm. It's over this bowl of cereal. Uh, but I will say, Team Pat, just because I, I think that that she knew what she was doing with him. And that's just not the approach that worked. That's not the approach that worked with him the first time that got his attention when they talked about the medication they were on.
0: Yeah, I think you brought up actually the point. The reason why I'm team Tiffany is I think this is this is Pat's most hypocritical moment in the entire film. Most of the rest of the film, he's even if he's not clear on where he is or who he is, he's always honest about where he is and about the person he is like, he may be in denial about this situation with his wife, but he really does care about her. And he really does want that to work out. And there is that moment here where he is drawn in by all these titillating stories and he wants to hear more. And he's like, Oh my God, that's so great. And then like turns on a dime and is like, and basically, I mean, essentially is calling her a whore in the scene is like, Oh, no one I would be with is like that. And that actually kind of disgusted me about Pat in this movie. And it's it's one thing to for him to have that scene when she, you know, comes after him when they're when they're going running and and plain calls her a slut, and that feels like a slip. That feels like and he immediately apologizes and knows he's gone too far. Whereas with this, it's like you thought about saying that and then made the decision. And that made me like kind of pull away from Pat and really, and when 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 she freaks out in that moment, not only throwing all the dishes on the floor, but leaving and then like, "Oh, I'm going to get one last good one in and flipping them off through the window," I was rooting for her, and I was like, "Good, Pat needs this. Pat needs someone who's going to like tell him when he's made this mistake and not just deal with his bullshit because he's got
2: problems. I disagree. Of course you do. All he needs is in his wrong? life is Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker is the one that sets him straight more often than not. It's true. And is like a calming influence. So
1: you probably more Chris Tucker, less, uh,
2: less uh, throwing dishes around and screaming in his face. Uh, uh, one thing I do hold against this is not got anything to do with the actual characterization here. It's just the fact that uh, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, unfortunately, I think in her... Uh, press life uh, seemed to grow accustomed to playing up those sort of big moments. And yes. now when I watch this film, that particular scene has not aged as well, because I'm like, mm. oh, that's J-Law being J-Law as opposed to it being Tiffany all of a sudden. Do you feel
0: like it's valid? Do you feel like she overreacted to this situation? Or do you think she... I mean, granted, it is a big reaction,
2: yes. but... I mean, it... She does what she has to do. She brings out the weaponry and maybe it, you know the big reaction is necessary. But yeah, I'd say by most people say that's probably an overreaction.
0: A little bit. Does it make it better that she apologizes right after and that they kind of make up and she saves him from the police coming and taking him away? Does that make it any better?
1: And we said it at the top, like this movie doesn't necessarily fit the, the general structure of a romantic comedy with the meat cute and the breakup, and et cetera, because everything is like a little bit hyperbolic because we have these mm-hmm. two characters who are very, uh, you know, dealing with some mental illness. Uh, and so her reactions, while to a normie like Mike, um, <laughs> <laughs> a you vanilla,
2: normal <laughs> you vanilla. Pumpkin. Vanilla, I could vanilla. I've heard before, but Normie, is that the vernacular? I don't know. I was just
1: being (laughs) silly. But um, you know, it it can be perceived as a little over the top. But like, to me, a coastal elite, um, a mental, uh, (laughs) don't look yourself in (laughs)
0: with me until we're done with the episode. I haven't decided how (laughs) I feel about you yet.
1: like to to me like that that makes sense. I'm not addressing any point that you guys made. I'm just bringing up the fact that like I think Let me let me address it. It's always you just made. Well, Yeah, go
2: ahead. So the, what Dave's just saying, the immediate sort of them coming together because the, the the breakup here or at least this one doesn't last very long. She sees how other normies, other van, <laughs> vanilla folk like myself sort of take advantage of a big moment that she's making. Right. And realizes that while she was doing it to get through to Pat, that it does read very differently to other people. And she sees that, that, you know, it becomes a very dangerous situation pretty quickly for, for Pat. And while he is in the wrong, he is in his own way. He is trying to, he's trying to navigate the waters. And that, that is to Tiffany's credit that she does quickly deescalate that situation uh, a little bit when the cop arrives. And then I think it's one of Pat's best moments too is, this cop, this mustachioed man immediately goes into super creep mode. And as soon yeah. as he finds out, this is the infamous Tiffany, uh, and you know, asks her out, uh, basically propositions her for sex. Uh, Pat, he has this great moment where he, he's like, no, she doesn't do that anymore, mm-hmm. but he doesn't, you know, he, does, he, he just says it as like a point of fact. There's actually absolutely zero judgment on his end in that statement. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love that moment from Pat. Like, it's just, it's just like, this is just you know how she is now, and you have to you have to respect that. I actually yeah. like that moment a lot better than when it happens again. When yeah, the, guy the shows broken up the port. wing moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that I felt was a little too movieish, but this one I really like.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really interesting that it happens right after they have this fight, in which he has judged her for her actions and when but when he sees like kind of her kindness coming out and her essentially saving him i think that is one of the first moments where he has a real change of heart about her and and their friendship as as it is in at that point in the movie where he's like no this isn't okay like you can't just you know come up to her and proposition her like that like she doesn't want
2: he doesn't want her put in a box because he does not you know he feels like previously he has put his wife in some sort of box i mean there there is something very admirable about pat throughout the film even though he is reading uh this high school literature and then having really strong reactions to it breaking things hey hey now farewell to arms i knew known was gonna be like that reaction is fine (laughs) throwing books through windows (laughs) is a
0: totally viable reaction
2: (laughs) to a good book well you know, the the one thing I'll say in his defense though is he is saying I, you know, I was not good enough. You know, whether you agree or disagree or mm-hmm. feel that that's a healthy way to view trying to win someone back is to uh change yourself as if you're like an RPG character in a video game you're <laughs> trying to achieve new attributes and stats. Yeah. He is uh, attempting to broaden his horizons mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And he's, I and I think it's all new. It's not I think so that it, it? that stays in character uh that we know of pat up to that point that he does not want tiffany herself also to be boxed in he is looking at uh you know other people in the opposite sex although he doesn't look at his family that way that's that's Mm -hmm. the strangest like contradiction with him is he still keeps his dad in that box and his mom in the box and even Mm -hmm. his brother um and it's but it's it is it's all romantically based pursuits for him where he can actually see people as people so, uh, yeah. you know what? I changed my name. I'm Team Tiffany. Team Yeah, Tiffany. That's good. That's the a, Hound Dog <laughs> I
0: didn't just, see that coming. Just like that. I think, though, you brought up something that I think makes Pat really endearing from the beginning. Like, he is severely misguided. And we know that, like, from the moment he starts talking about, well, I'm going to learn all these books. I'm going to learn her syllabus. And that's really going to impress her. But his heart is in the right place. And I think that really helps us, yeah. especially when he starts – You know, saying exactly what he thinks to all these people and saying these kind of borderline cruel things, even though he doesn't really mean them to be mean. I think this setup of of him as trying to do the right thing, I think really helps us like him. All right. So now we're going to move to the grand gesture. After Pat has figured out finally that Tiffany has forged a letter from his wife and more importantly realized his own feelings for her, he does two things. He performs with her in the dance contest and writes her a letter professing his love. So how do you rate this gesture? Is this an effective grand gesture and which one means more?
2: Which one means more? I I actually think the dancing means more. Uh, The letter is what seals the deal. Only with, I mean, there's some movie magic there where uh, he has to have a semi-private, I guess a private conversation, but a public showing of having a private conversation with his ex-wife in front of Tiffany. Mm Mm-hmm. So she would have no i mean the context she's seeing that in is a little bit cruel uh to do that, even if you are re- attempting to resolve things a prior relationship you know at that point he is i think he is doing it for more than just Tiffany he's doing it for a number of reasons he's doing it for himself he's doing it for his family uh the very fact that there is a letter in this film kind of makes the dancing mean more to me because it's not just. Hey, if we win and actually get up there and do what I said I was gonna do, like a lot of romantic comedies, just by showing up <laughs> and doing one nice thing, then you sort of win the girl. Uh it's not just the one thing. You know, he then has to he has to have an intimate moment with her after their competition's over. Um, I know some people have an issue with the letter moment because, you know, it does feel like uh David O. Russell here, it's like, you know, we're, we're going to do the rom-com thing and have one big last production, one last thing, but it's like, no, no, one more. Very <laughs> Apple. That's the one more thing type yes. uh, thing. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go with the dancing just because it affects more people. It leads to a great conversation with his father, uh, with Robert De Niro, uh, uh, about, you know, when something does, when life kind of confronts you to, to meet it head on and to, mm-hmm. to take those opportunities. So, and I also just love, his friends and family just going ape shit like they won the Super Bowl. When, you got a five, you know, they, they get the bare, yeah, the bare minimum. It's a great movie moment. So it is. Yeah, I must say the dancing.
1: I loved the dance sequence. I I think it was moving and hilarious and very sweet. You know, obviously up until that moment, like they're putting in a lot of work together and and getting to know each other, and so it culminating with that that moment with one another is is very meaningful because they they you know they put in all this effort and i think that's you know winning the competition or you know it was never about that it was just like them having this moment together which i thought was very sweet and endearing i liked it i think we're all headed the same direction here but i think the
0: dance is more important because of the amount of amount of work that he has put in and the amount of time he's put in. And it's even caused another fight, you know, the scene where he ends up going to the, uh, going to the Eagles game and kind of ditching her and not being able to contact her. And they have to work through that with, I think probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie, when Jennifer Lawrence kind of wins over the whole family with her, uh, with her knowledge of, uh, of the Eagles schedule that year and how everything has worked out when, when she and him were together. And I think also that, that scene is so endearing because it would be easy For that dance sequence to look too polished or for it to look too messy. And Mike, you mentioned earlier, like the balance of this movie. And that's another moment that they balanced really well. Like there's some, there's definitely at least one move in there that they do not pull off, you know, and everything else is like, you know, solid. It's not amazing and it's not terrible. So you can see them getting a five out of 10. I think the letter stuff is... It's actually the weakest stuff in the movie to me. I, I think it's – it's there's some try-hard moments going on there uh that don't make a lot of sense narratively. Like the – you said you were going to read it out loud. OK, that way we could all hear what's going on and we mm. could all put it together and it's a little over the top. It's still a sweet moment at the end, but I think – the combination of the dance sequence being so charming and it involving everyone at some level, like it's not just a moment for the couple. It's a moment for Pat to end his relationship with his wife. It's a moment for all of them to draw closer together as a family, and it's a romantic moment. And I think it's it's just a really really nice nice end um, to this whole journey. And I actually wouldn't have been upset if they ended the movie right there.
2: I mean, I, I like the the Sunday family moment, the, the line, you know, Sundays are my favorite days. Again, I, yeah. I like, I like that I better than the letter.
0: I, I, I like that add on to the, well, I'll, I'll say
2: this um, for the letter. It is, it is a pretty big gesture for Pat, probably more so than even the dancing, which he has been uh, not tricked into, but he has made some sort of deal. Like, you know, both, both sides are sort of playing each other as far as this, this, this letters that are supposedly going to his, his wife. He, he didn't just directly confront he didn't, you know, Tiffany, mm. he didn't just say, that's Hey, I know true. it's you. And, uh, you know what? I have feelings for you. Like Pat has been prone to do. He actually, this is him. Yeah. It's subtle. Really, really going out on the ledge from, yeah, for him. Yeah. And that's when I hadn't really thought about it before, but when you said, cause I had previously thought, okay, yeah, Bradley Cooper has to deliver the lines cause it's just, this is a movie, you know, this, so he asked me the one that doesn't make a lot of sense, but you know, Pat's held this secret for long enough. You know what? This it, he finally just has to unleash and be like, this has been everything I've been carrying around. I've done my best. God damn it, give me my grand romantic <laughs> gesture. And I'm going to take part in it. So yeah. I don't think I have an issue with
0: it. So do you feel like this romantic gesture would work in real life, or is this purely movie stuff?
2: I, I would say
1: yes-ish. I mean, I, I think that— It's um, not both. The answer isn't both. <laughs> it's yes, both. Both yes and no. <laughs> I'm just going to say both to spite you, Dave, because— um, I know you guys are all both on sides,
0: that. huh? Both sides, huh? No. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> um You know, I, I like you know, the thing about like this movie and just the notion of love is that it is, you know, when I was a wee lad, like sort of liking girls and and starting relationships and getting my heart broken and all that stuff, like and being very neurotic. This type of story is aspirational for me like it's those these are the projections like of these types of relations that relationships that I uh was envisioning right where I do like and could see the idea of me joining the dance class getting to I mean I I can move you guys have you guys (laughs) not seen my videos online do you have a youtube I, channel is this part of the joy <laughs> sandwich
2: empire is known dances well uh, <laughs> <laughs> <known> dot <dances> well <laughs> you have to i like the grammatical really correctness of it i appreciate <laughs> yeah, it <I> no right
1: <laughs> yeah i i could see it happening
2: that's the short answer to your question
1: <laughs> yes is the
0: answer what about you mike yes I'm,
2: I, I would say probably not. As far as this cast of characters, I mean, it, right. this is—you you got big personalities here. Even the brother. <laughs> Let's go to yeah, the, the Norman. Yeah. That the brother, like his first moment I, that I recall. uh, As I said, I watched this on the treadmill a few weeks ago doing my research for the grand gesture. Um, Were you in a bag? I was not in a bag. I should have been in character. That's what it, take the, Dave edit that back. Yes, I was in a bag. <laughs> yes, I was on in the watching. Yes. <laughs> um. You know, his brother uh, comes in and is also extremely abrasive. And it's like, man, who is this fucking prick? Like, who <laughs> yeah. who are these people? But I think removing those big personalities and everyone being so broad in that way. Yeah, sure. I mean, the, the one thing that you can really like about this this grand gesture in particular is that it's a couple creating something together. I mean, it's maybe mm-hmm. it's just a five dance routine most romantic comedies, you know, what they create together is off screen. It's just them being together is this creation we're rooting for. It's just people pairing off. Yeah. Babies or, uh, you know, they're just not alone. They're just not alone. And a lot of them, especially it's like, you know, they can be successful in every facet of life, except for love. Well, here I like that the characters for the most part, you know, everything is kind of falling apart for them and their friends are pushing them as if they're in a romantic comedy. Like, you just need a, a good boyfriend, a good girlfriend. Mm-hmm, and what mm-hmm. they do is they, they create something together. They create some form of art. That's what I really like about the movie. So yeah, I'm going to say this does really work and it would be effective in real life.
0: Yeah, I think it works also because it, this is something that's also very different from most romantic comedies is that I think for one of the first times we have both the man and the woman making a grand gesture at different points in this movie. They both show that even if they're not willing to admit they want to be with one another, they both show that they care about one another enough. Like her going to his house and, you know, staring down Robert De Niro <laughs> and and telling him what's what in, in order to, to keep Pat close to her. And the same thing with him actually doing this dance routine and actually figuring out that she, I mean, it's interesting. He figured out that she lied to him, but instead of taking that as an insult, He takes that as a like, oh, she was really trying to help me out. Like she was she was doing her best for me and I actually care about her now. So I can forgive this without a huge blow up, without a huge argument and just realize that we obviously both care for one another. So let's not have another fight. Let's just actually connect. And I like that that's where and that leads into the very end of the film with them, you know, enjoying family time on Sunday. And I think that all really, really works.
2: Presumably making babies very soon.
0: All right. Um, so that is it for our episode on Silver Lining's Playbook. One more time, thank you, known for being here for this episode. We really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you for having me, guys. You guys are a delight. Up in the All right.
0: <laughs> That's where we're ending. That's, There's nowhere to the go. For that. Just,
1: perfect. That <laughs> is the perfect word for me. <laughs> you tonight. are a delight. <laughs> Fade out.
2: <laughs> you have to include this after the music us enjoying being called a delight <laughs> yes that is very well said now. <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed <laughs> uh,
1: i will say that you guys your guys' chemistry is awesome delightful. it's delightful so
2: sure, like we're just working our way up
0: to fucking that's all this is just all of this that's,
2: that's back that's and forth we all want. 100. episode 100 that all that's want. right I'll give you three minutes of material, stretch it out how you wish, well, that's <laughs> cut a, it up.
0: It's about two minutes and 30 seconds more than I usually get, so I'm okay with that.
2: Oh, please. i always give you the meat, son. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, I'm so glad I have that recorded. <laughs>
2: well, we got to increase our downloads somehow, or we got to keep them in. <laughs> put that right at the top I always
0: give you the meat son <laughs> <laughs> oh we'll, goodness we'll, we'll
2: give him the the grand romantic gesture right at the top <laughs>